You are listening to the NIHL Flyby with your hosts Matt Lindsay and Dave Ferrari, proudly supported by Skaters Network and Pride Tape. Welcome to episode 10. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Lindsay. And I'm Dave Ferrari. And what a week it has been in Hockey Davey. Episode number 10, mate. We have climbed Mount Sugarloaf. Look out, Kosciuszko. Mate, we're soaring. Uh, number 10 is here, and it's come rather quickly, but uh, it's a milestone nonetheless. We'll, we'll never have a 10th episode of The Flyby again, so this is special. Now, let's just talk number 10s for a minute here, Dave. I know... When I first joined the AHL North Stars team, I actually wore number 10 uh, my first season there, uh, mainly because Sean Ultram was playing on the team and, and had my infamous number three at the time. I uh, wasn't able to steal it off him with him being the veteran, so I put on number 10 because that was actually my eldest sister's number uh, when she was playing hockey. So a bit of a tribute to her in my first year, but does number 10 ring, bell- ring any bells for you? Yeah, look, I've also well, I've worn number ten when I started playing um, in the NIHL in the summer for the Blackhawks. Number ten was my number um, all the way through until I uh, moved to the Red Wings this year. So, but when I look, when I think of number tens, I think of you wearing it for the North Stars before you got three. Um, that was actually my first season with the North Stars. You were still wearing ten back in twenty eleven. Probably, if I think of the most famous North Star to wear the number ten, no offense to you, Maddie, would be Jeff Martin's import in 2013 um great guy dominant player in the league you know he went all the way to the final that year just couldn't get it done but he would be the most famous number 10 uh in my mind uh here in newcastle all right fair point um he was a little bit better than i was but you know i think i uh helped that number get to where it was by the time that he put that on anyway so number 10s in the nihl mate we have jared gerrish donning the number 10 Liam Steele, Jeremy Kitkowski, and also Lewis Marshall. So, fellas, this episode is for you. Let's uh, jump into now the NIHL uh, wrap-up for <laughs> round seven, Davey. I'll pass you the microphone. Yeah, what a round it was. Um, oh, look, we, we saw our most convincing win yet in Division 4 with the Cyclones blanking the Blackhawks and winning by a score of three to nothing. Um this this was a, a really good game, although it was um, you know wasn't as close as the others have been. Uh, but we were deadlocked at zero until Ben Armstrong uh, buried one of the most beautiful one timers I've seen in the NIHL. He was kind of in that Ovechkin spot just next to the net uh, on his one T side, and uh, Arky Hearn slid it across to him right in his wheelhouse, and he made no mistake. And honestly, Maddie, that would be a goal on most goalies in any division in this league. So well done, Benny. Um, and also Arky Hearn getting two assists in that game. And the Cyclones capped it off with uh, another goal to Sherry McCormick, who scored from uh, from a fair ways out. So Sherry had a, a ripper game, and that goal just capped it off and really sealed the deal for the Cyclones over the Hawks. Another shout-out to Ryan Painter getting a shutout in that victory. So well done, Cyclones. Those two teams will meet again next week. Uh, and in Division Three, we had the Bandits running over the gold miners, doing a bit of a robbery of their own, uh, getting up 5-1, largely on the back of uh, solid goaltending from Talon Vocal, stopping 13 of 14. Sean Crow chipping in with two goals in this one, and the Bandits getting all their goals at even strength. 
Um, you know, they read the game report. They shut down Gembic, allowing him to only get one goal. But they really just peppered the gold miners, um, directing 26 shots towards the net. Um which uh, you know that was tough to to on from four orange to to handle. So great win, bandits. We you know we kind of said that was going to be our grand final preview. And if that's anything to show the band the miners, sorry, have got some some work to do. Bandits look like the favourite. Uh, now the sharks, they just have continued their great play uh, of late, and they've put up another tie against the wolves, two two. Uh, they had the lead in this one until uh, about halfway through the third where Neil Rees uh, got on the board short-handed to, to get the tie for the Wolves. So, ripper game, this one. Um, you know, Chloe Bradshaw is a name we don't mention often, but uh, watching her play, just solid on defense. You know, is a very stay-at-home defenseman, tries to keep five players in front of her at all times um, and rather effective there on the back end. Uh, so that tie, that's really going to be a battle for that final playoff spot. And I think that tie just sets it up even better as we close out the season here. Division 2, we saw the Hounds taking on the Hawks. And again, the Hawks just really soaring away from everyone at this point. Um, putting the Hounds uh, back in their kennel, so to speak, 5-1. to one. Uh, Ethan Speld finding the back of the net again for the Hounds on the power play. But that would be their only goal as Ericsson Sear stopped 13 of 14 shots. Um and the Hawks, they kind of shared the scoring around. Uh, Miles Nidri, again, getting on the board. You're going to hear his name later, and we, we think that may be related to him scoring. Uh, but we'll get to that. So great job uh, by the Hawks flexing their muscle. You know, it's top spot is theirs to lose at this stage. And in Division 2 also, we had the Bandits um, steamrolling the Bears 5 to nothing. Um, the Bandits, as I said, their team game is coming together. Some of their big players chipping in with some solid assists. Two assists to Flynn Toomey and also two assists to Dan Burra, who are uh, who are being great leaders for that team. And Brad Lindsley, um, you know, showing signs of old there when he when he used to play East Coast, winning championships for them. But 15 from 15, a shutout for Brad. Well done. Um, for the Bears, you know, they rolled out with a pretty good lineup and just couldn't get anything going. Um you know, they got out shot heavily. Uh, Chris Priestley had to deal with 27 shots in the net, but, uh, you know, 22 saves. You know, they lost 5 nothing. but really, at the end of the day, you have to score to win a hockey game, and they weren't able to do that. And that is our wrap-up for Week 7 in the NIHL. It was Week 7 indeed, Dave. Great wrap-up there. And I actually heard about Benny's goal on Monday night during Learn to Play. Some of his teammates... Uh, we're sharing the news about how good that goal was. So I wish I got to see it, but well done to Benny. Let's move ahead now to week eight of the NIHL, getting very close to the end of season now, which is a couple of weeks ago before finals. Um, but just before we get started into our predictions for the upcoming weekend, I've got to give a shout out to Tom Zentano. He uh, shot us an email through the week, um, and to our surprise, he's actually been keeping... Stats uh, for pretty much the last seven years, um, back to 14-15 summer comp. Um, a few extra stats that, that the website doesn't track. So we had a bit of a sift through those um, over the week, and we're pretty impressed with some of the stats he's got there. And we're going to add them into uh, the Division 2 round this week, as most of his statistics are around Division 2. Um, so Tommy, if you wouldn't mind doing Div 3 for us, mate, that'd be excellent. Um, so first up on now actually 
We have Saturday night hockey at Newcastle, mate. This is very exciting. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I thought we would have had it um, going ahead, but had to make changes last minute. But this week is a go from as far as I'm aware. So it's going to be a great night in Newcastle for hockey. First up, we have Division 3, the Sharks versus the Bandits. So the Sharks, as you mentioned just before, a tie coming off the weekend is gone and they continue to improve on their season performance. With their last meeting against the Bandits actually uh, closing off their losing streak, taking a win against the Bandits there. Um, even still though, Bandits are the favourite with a 0.714 win percentage, mate. So what's going to be your prediction for this one? Yeah, look, the uh, Bandits are going to be looking for some retribution. The Sharks are uh, getting over them quite convincingly last time. But I think, you know, what the Bandits showed last week, uh, easily dealing with the gold miners and um, kind of proving that they're the team to beat, I just don't think you can bet against them. So I would tip the Bandits to keep up that form over the Sharks. Um, but it's going to be anyone's game because, like we said, the Sharks came away with the victory last time. So this will be an excellent one to kick off Hockey Night in Newcastle. All right, moving on now to the second game in Division 3, Gold Miners versus Wolves. So Gold Miners, as you mentioned, didn't play their best last weekend, um, taking a loss to the Bandits there. Um, so they should be ready to bounce back this weekend, I think. Um, head-to-head with the Wolves, they do have their number. They've won both of the previous matchups with the Wolves. Um, and you know what, Andrew Tucky's starting to produce a little bit on the score sheet here, so wouldn't surprise me if he continues that form right up into the finals and we see a gold miners win, but who are you picking for this one? Yeah, look, the uh, you know obviously with where they are in the standings, you would think the gold miners would have this one, but a little inside intel here, Matty, it looks like Gembic may be out for this game, so obviously we'll have to wait for the warm-up to confirm that. So Gembic possibly out, but in comes their former captain, Justice, Justin Marshall. So is that an even trade? I'm not sure. We'll see. He's coming in off injury, but uh, he's fresh and ready to go. Uh, but I think without Gembic, I think the Wolves can get the Miners. And I think the Wolves, although not battling for first spot, are in a massive battle against the Sharks to see who's going to grab that um, last remaining playoff spot. So I think the Wolves have a bit more to play for. And I think... Uh, with the gold miners missing Gemic, I think the Wolves will get him. My tip is with the Wolves. Uh, <clears throat> and again, I know the gold miners aren't going to like that, and they've proved me wrong before. Let's see if they can do it again. Love the inside information there. Uh, next game up, we're moving on to Division 4 here with the Blackhawks versus Cyclones. So uh, this week, Ross has got locked in. Davey, I saw that email come out. So um we've now got the solidified rosters moving into the last couple of weeks here um with the addition of one more learn to play graduate in emily retzlav who i believe will be joining the blackhawks for her first game this weekend so really excited to see her out there and see how she goes for that team and there's also something else pretty exciting coming out for the cyclones mate absolutely uh and that is that their jerseys are here so they are looking sharp we've seen a couple of players pick them up already um you know if you're waiting if you're on a, if you are a cyclone and waiting for your jersey they'll be here available for you before the game to purchase um and we have put this game smack bang in the middle of hockey night in canada hockey night in newcastle <laughs> sorry you know we want everyone to be there to see these two teams uh go head to head uh, because I think it's the most exciting hockey out of the whole NIHL, just because they're, they're people that love the game, getting their first taste of it. You're going to see some first goal scorers, hopefully, uh, and there's nothing better than that. So 
I'm actually tipping the Blackhawks. I think, um, you know, last week they were shut out. Um, the Cyclones won comfortably. Uh, and again, they've got some new players into their lineup, like you said, with Emily. That brings a lot of energy, and they're going to be wanting to uh, to answer for that loss last week. So I think they'll get them. And if I had to pick the score, I'm going to say 3-2 to the Blackhawks. All right, then we move on to our first game in Division 2 with the Outlaws and the Hawks. So... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tom Zantano shot us through a couple of stats um, for Division 2. Uh, I've looked at just this year for now, um, this season, sorry, and it looks like the Outlaws have the second most shots on the season, but with the fewest amount of goals. So I thought that was pretty interesting. They, I think they need to work on uh, shot quality over shot quantity if they want to really take out the win here against the Hawks. Um, and looking at the Hawks, they appear to start pretty slow and build up uh, towards the third period with having their highest season shot total in, coming in the third period, along with their most goals for. So um, I think the Outlaws are going to have to try work on those shot qualities and capitalize early because it looks like statistically the Hawks do gain momentum coming into the third period. Who are you picking for this one? Absolutely. Um, and I'm Maddie, you hit the nail on the head there. The, the Outlaws have to work on that shot quality and what is shot quality? Well, it's moving the puck from east to west for a quick release shot. And really, that's the only way you're going to beat a veteran goalie like Eric Sincere. If you're just coming down and, and having stationary shots or shots off the rush from one spot, it's going to have to be a ripper of a shot to get past Eric. So a lot of puck movement, a lot of passing uh, for a quick release shot is going to equal goals for the Outlaws. But I believe in them. I think they can do it. I think they've got the roster to do it. Um, and again, the smart money would be with the Hawks, but I really think that the Outlaws can steal this one. And last game for the round is the Hounds versus Bears. Now, I did mention the Hawks warm up into the third period, but the Hounds actually have the most dominant third period out of all teams, with 40% of their overall shots coming in the final 20 and 70% of their goals being produced in the third period. So they obviously have great stamina, just like a hound in a greyhound race, mate. Um... Now, with the Bears, they currently have the worst plus-minus in the division. Um, I think it's dash 21, so big goal differential there. Um, so they need to keep continuing to, to refine their defensive zone systems, I think. Whether they're playing man-on-man or box-plus-one right now, I'm not sure, but it needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, like all Hounds games, it's going to depend on what kind of turnout they get. Um, a very inconsistent roster. But uh, I really think this one is going to be a battle of the goaltenders. You know, Peter Baldwin, um, the, last week's a game he wants back. We know he's better than that. And Chris Priestley, uh, also a game that he wants back. So I think uh, whichever goalie can, uh, you know, make some some big saves and, and steal some big saves for his team uh, is going to be the winner. And my money on that one is going to be with the Bears. I just think they're due. I think um, Chris will be able to rebound um, from his game last week. And uh, it's going to be a cracker. All right, that wraps up the predictions for round eight. So now let's move on to one of our new favorite segments, the Pride Tape sightings. All right, Davey. Now, I have to mention this one guy because I did see him just before his warm-up of his game. He had black tape. I knew he'd got some Pride Tape through the week, so I was very curious to see why he had the black tape. I went back into the change room, came out, and there it was, the pride tape on his stick. I think he saw me and remembered about the pride tape sightings, went and put it onto his uh, his backup stick. But who was it? It was the one and only Sam Lynch for the Wolves. So, uh, Sam, yeah, Sam was our first sighting. 
And the second was Hawks captain Miles Nidri. Now, Miles, as we mentioned in the wrap-up, also chipped in with a goal for his team this week. We know Ben Armstrong's first goal in Div 4 came off of a pride-taped stick, and Miles also finding the net. So, you know, two out of three so far um, has directly been related to goals. Uh, you know, we say it every week, but uh, the, the, the stats don't lie, Matty. Mate, I absolutely think there is enough evidence there to suggest that pride tape on your stick directly correlates to goals in the back of the net. So as you know, we, we sell pride tape on our website, nsa-hockey.com slash shop. You can buy it in a single or a pack of five. All right. Now, we teased this segment last week, mate. Um, very excited to see if it eventuates into anything or maybe into nothing. But we're going to move on now to our NI cold call and we'll see how successful we are. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you shortly. All right, unlucky uh, there, Davey. Our first call has gone to voicemail, so let's try our next player. Hey, it's Brad Whittington. Sorry, I missed call. Uh, leave a name and number and I'll get back to you later. Thank you. Bye. Hmm, no luck there. Third time's a charm. Next up, we have Sammy Lynch. Hello. Hey, Sammy. It's Dave and Matt. How you doing, mate? Good man, yourself? Yeah, well, thanks. I got, I'm on speak. I got Matty here as well. Sammy, how are you, mate? Good, Matty. Yourself, buddy? I'm good, mate. Good. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, mate, of The Flyby, but we're doing a new segment where we're going to give a player a call and just have a quick chat about how they feel they're going in um, the in-house yeah. comp and, and yeah. um, looking forward to next week, mate. So we wanted to give you a call as our first one uh, in this segment and have a quick chat to you. Yeah, no worries. Um, you got a couple minutes? Awesome, mate. All right. So now are you, you're on the Wolves now, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. I am. Excellent. Now, you've just joined in the last couple of weeks. How do you feel you've gone so far? Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's halfway through the season. I think, it's, I think I'm going pretty all right, you know, given the situation that I felt that the Wolves are in. They needed someone that, other than Sam Biddles to score, mm-hmm. and that's why I joined, and to always have fun with them. Yeah, mate, you are a proven scorer in the league. Now, it looks like um, first and second position is going to be battled out between the Bandits and the Gold Miners. Like, I don't want to write anyone off, but that's just what it yeah. looks like in the standings. Now, yeah. th- that leaves one playoff position up for grabs between you guys and the Sharks. And you guys had a tie the other week. Like, it's coming down to the wire. But yeah. do you reckon you guys can get them? Um, I reckon if we can start, if we can, if we have you know, a full roster and we constantly roll our lines, I reckon we can. You know, we've got three three or four good players, like good scorers on our team. Yeah. We just need them to start firing. Absolutely, mate. Now, last question for you. You're versing the gold miners this weekend in Saturday night in Newcastle. Yeah. Now, I want you to be realistic. Do you guys have the gold miners number this weekend? It's hard to say. 
it's it's honestly hard to say. Like, if we can, you know, keep keep our momentum up, keep the momentum up, and keep rolling our lines, I reckon we can. Yep, absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong, the Gold Miners are an incredible team. Mm-hmm. But I reckon if we can play our game and play to our strengths, I think we can have them. Nice. All right, mate. Well, I'll be there watching. Uh, I think you guys can get them too. I've actually picked you guys in my tips, so don't let me down. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try not to, Davey. All right, thanks a lot, mate. Sounds we'll good, chat mate. to you on the weekend. Talk soon. No worries. Bye. Bye. All righty. That was Sammy Lynch. Um, Matty, I'd have to agree with him. You know, when if they can get their full lineup there, um, you know, if their big players can step up and, and score goals, um, you know, like it's their job, you know, when you're playing on the top line of a team, you have to put the puck in the net. Uh, I think they can get the goal miners. And I think it's only going to help their case that uh, there's a chance that Gembic is out for this week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think Sammy did really well there. He, he mentioned some key things that are going to help his team win this weekend. And, you know, Sammy's been playing hockey for a long time, so it doesn't surprise me that he had a few tips and tricks up his sleeve that he wants to encourage his team to do this weekend. I think that was kind of successful, mate. We uh, we got someone on our third try. It's not too bad. I was expecting it uh, to be a little bit worse than that. So I appreciate Sammy answering the call. And, and maybe we just have to say, for full disclosure, we're, we're kind of middle of the day here on a Thursday. The podcast will come out tomorrow, uh, and this will be a weekly segment. So, you know, turn, put the phone off silent and uh, have it close by because we want to talk to you. All right. Now we are jumping into our final segment before we wrap up for this week, Davey. So let's jump into Dave's Question Corner. All right, Davey, I thought for this week we would do a bit of a word association game. So I've picked a couple of players' names from the league and just want to get your immediate reaction or or thoughts around these players, what comes to mind. So first player up, we have from the Greenhawks, Mathen Mikulitsis. Oh, Mathen, absolute veteran uh, to the league, started with the Sharks, now even a veteran with the Hawks. He's been there so long. Um, inline background, uh, but for some reason, when I first think of Mathen, I see I think of uh, back when we used to run the pro shop here in the Hiss Rink, and we used to also run a drop in, and you'd have to come into the pro shop to pay for that drop in. And I was taking names, and it probably took two or three weeks for me to ask him how he spelt his last name. And um, now I remember it uh, off by heart: M I C H A L I T S I S Michalitsis. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, there are my thoughts on Mathen. Heck of a player um, and a big piece for the Greenhawks. Absolutely. And apologies in advance, Mathen, if we have absolutely butchered your last name there, mate. Um, next one up is uh, she plays for the Sharks in Division 3, has for a couple of seasons now, Chloe Bradshaw. Oh, when I think Chloe, I th- also think of her brother Jesse, who started playing hockey um, initially, and then Chloe started and and spent a bit of time and learned to play. and And I don't want to say she was hesitant, but just kind of dipped a toe in at first, and and now she's just in there with both feet, an absolute staple on the blue line for the Sharks. Um, a great D pairing with Michelle, and I think she's even played a bit of D with your sister Emma at times. Um, and I just don't know. I could, can't picture the Sharks lineup without her in it. So, uh, yeah, that's Chloe Bradshaw. All right, third one up is you've mentioned his name just before in Justice. I've seen that nickname on his back of the jersey several times. But the gold miners' captain, Justin Marshall. 
Justin Marshall, I think, switch hitter. I think can play right or left-handed all in one shift. I think uh, absolute pleasure to be around. I think fun. Um, you know, I've, I, years ago, I actually played a few games as the goalie for the gold miners, and uh, Justice was the captain back then. And just didn't take himself too seriously, knew how to create a good, fun environment. And I honestly think that uh, stands to this day as to why that team is so successful. So, um, yeah, uh, the often injured, he's gone through a couple of surgeries, but he's now back, hopefully for good. Um, yeah, Justin Marshall. All right, and the last one for this week is another gold miner, actually, in Div 3, and also a Stampede veteran, Matthew White. Whitey, he has improved tenfold over the years, um, but he's always, a lot like his son Drake, has just gone 100 mile an hour. Um, started off as a bit of a running man on ice, um, but has now uh, got a rather efficient skating stride, and um, you know, he just gets in there, fearless, uh, picked up the game late, but uh, jumped in with, with both feet, and... Big piece to the gold miners team, and a lot like Justice, just you know, plays for the right reasons, gets the team, um, you know, having fun and playing the right way, and uh, you know, it's it's characters like Matt and Justice that uh, make the gold miners such a successful team on and off the ice. So to wrap up Dave's question corner for this week, Davey, I want to talk all things stick knobs or buttons that some people may refer them to. Um, we've noticed in the NHL, especially this year, it's been pointed out a lot that some players have just absolute massive uh, butt ends or knobs on the end of their sticks, uh, particularly Mark Stone for the Vegas Golden Knights, if any players out there have noticed. So just kind of curious to get your thoughts around why that might be happening. We've historically had pretty thin tape jobs on the end of our sticks. Uh, used to have electrical tape when I was growing up. Um, now converted to the, the hockey tape that's used on the end of your stick as well to control the puck. Um, but yeah, what's what's your opinion? Why do you think that's happening? Oh, look, um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. It's obviously a personal preference thing. But yeah, seeing those guys like Mark Stone, it, it's it's almost like a tennis grip um, size and or even bigger. Uh, now for me, you know, when I was younger, I, I used uh, a thicker one and it was just... You know, now if I like the thin grip, I just find it uh, easier to feel the stick and feel the puck, and I feel stronger when I have a good grip um, in my top hand. So, look, a bit of history though on the the butt end of the stick. When I was growing up, it was a rule that you had to tape the butt end of your stick um, big enough that it wouldn't fit through a player's face cage. And in fact, at the start of the game, we'd all have to line up on the blue line. The referee would come around, grab the end of the stick and see if it fit through your cage you'd have to go put more tape on it so i think for some people that just became a habit once you reach the age of 18 uh, and you're wearing a visor then that rule goes out the window but um yeah look it's really personal preference you know i know if i'm doing uh the butt end of a stick for a player and learn to play um i just want to make it give them something to grip and to feel that their hand is on the end of a stick so i'll often get stick tape pull out a long strip let it hang down from my hand and then spin the roller tape around so that the tape twists up and almost turns into a bit of rope and i wrap that around the end of the stick and then i tape over the top of that sometimes people will spiral that down the stick a little bit or just wrap it around as like a knob on the end of the stick. Um, but again, it's really personal preference. If you're doing it for kids, you have to think smaller hands, it needs to be a thinner grip. Um, but, you know, just talk to your teammates, see what they use, pick up their stick, see how it feels in your hands. 
um, and find what's comfortable to you. Because I know when I went to a thinner one, it was because I used a teammate stick at practice just to see how they they use a different flex to me, see how it felt, and they had a thinner grip that I noticed felt way more comfortable in my hand. And now that's that's what I use. So. You know, try some teammate sticks, see what is working for you. With you just mentioning uh, back in the day when they would check the end of your stick going through a face cage, it just reminded me of a story. Back in inline days, I would have been eight or nine years old. Um, I don't know if they would have done it for you as well, but do you remember the cup check where before you, before you played a game, you had to line up on the center line and the referee uh, would come along with a stick and she would check... Uh, just by giving you a quick whack to see if you had your cup on for the game. So just hearing that story of the uh, the tape through the, the cage, it reminded me of that. I can't say that's ever happened to me, but um, while we're on the topic of cups, uh, you know, I've, I've over the years, it, I've played with more people than I ever would have thought that um, don't wear cups when they play, uh, which I just find staggering. Um you know, we always have to have that conversation when new people are starting out, guys and girls. You need to go and buy uh, a jock or a Jill, um, as as they're called. So, but some people, even playing at high levels, just like oh, not not comfortable. I don't wear one, and I couldn't imagine getting a shot uh, or a stick in that area, um, guy or girl. I just think you know, not even worth it. As often, I even wear one when I'm coaching because you you never know where uh, a puck or a stick's going to end up. <laughs> Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, please wear all the protective equipment. All right, mate. I think that's going to wrap up for episode 10. Huge milestone for us. Um, But thank you, everyone, for listening this week. And we will chat to you again soon.